Greetings, listeners of the Latin Prayer Podcast. My name is Dylan Drago, and welcome back for another episode. Today, we will be going through the fourth encyclical written by Pope Leo XIII on the Holy Rosary. It is titled, The Rosary and Public Life. Now, although this encyclical was given specifically to the bishops of Italy in the year 1887, we can't make the mistake and think there is nothing to be learned by us. Yes, our world is different, and the times have changed a great deal. And yet, things are not so different. You see, truth is eternal, truth is timeless, and human beings are the same. We struggle with the same vices. We battle the same demons that existed from the beginning of time. The church has always had enemies and will continue until Christ's second coming. And until then, we will need to invoke the one whom God from all eternity destined to crush Satan's head in the temporal realm, our Blessed Mother. Remember, it was Pope Leo XIII who was given the vision of Satan's demand for one century to do his evil work, and God permitted it. Again, it was Pope Leo XIII who composed the St. Michael the Archangel prayer. So, I believe we would do well to learn from him and follow his instruction on the daily recitation of the Holy Rosary, and, as he points out in this encyclical, to make sure that we are growing in holiness for the effects of such prayers will be proportionate to the dispositions of those offering them. Let us begin. Vi e ben noto. The encyclical of Pope Leo XIII on the Rosary and the Public Life. To the bishops of Italy, Venerable brethren, you know how we place amidst present dangers our confidence in the glorious Virgin of the Holy Rosary, for the safety and the prosperity of Christendom and the peace and tranquility of the Church. Mindful that in moments of great trial, pastors and people have ever had recourse with entire confidence to the august Mother of God, in whose hands are all graces. Certain, too, that devotion to Our Lady of the Rosary is most opportune for the needs of these times. We have desired to revive everywhere this devotion and to spread it far and wide among the faithful of the world. Oftentimes already, we, in recommending the pious practice of devoting October to honoring Our Lady, have pointed out our reasons and hope for so doing, and the forms to be observed, and the entire Church docile to our desires, has ever replied by special manifestations of devotion, and now is making ready to pay to Mary, during a whole month, a daily tribute of the devotion so dear to it. In such pious rivalry, Italy has not been behindhand, for devotion to Our Lady is deeply and widely rooted in this land, and we doubt not that this year too Italy will set a glorious example of love for the august Mother of God and will give us fresh reasons for consolation and hope. Nevertheless, we cannot do less than address to you, venerable brethren, a few words of exhortation, so that, with particular and renewed zeal, the month dedicated to the Most Holy Virgin of the Rosary may be sanctified in every diocese of Italy. It is easy to imagine what reasons we have for doing this, since God called us to govern His Church on earth 
we have sought to use every possible means that we deemed suitable for the sanctification of souls and the extension of the reign of Jesus Christ. We have accepted from our daily solicitude no nation and no people, mindful that our Redeemer shed his precious blood on the cross and opened the reign of grace and glory for all. None, however, can be surprised that we showed special care for the Italian people, for our divine master, Jesus Christ, chose, from out of all the world, Italy, to be the seat of his vicar on earth, and in his providential designs appointed to Rome to be the capital of the Catholic world. On this account, the Italian people is called upon to live close to the father of the whole Christian family, and to share in a special way in his sorrow and his glory. Unfortunately, we find in Italy much to sadden our souls. Faith and Christian morals, the precious inheritance, bequeathed by our ancestors, and in all past times the glory of our country and of Italy's great ones, are being attacked, artfully and in covert ways, or even openly, with cynicism that is revolting, by a handful of men who seek to rob others of the faith and morality they themselves have lost. In this, more especially, is seen the work of the sects, and of those who are more or less their willing tools. Above all, in this city of Rome, where Christ's vicar has his see, are their efforts concentrated and their diabolical designs displayed with ferocious obstinacy. We need not tell you, venerable brethren, with what bitterness our soul is filled at seeing the danger there is for the salvation of so many of our beloved children. And our sorrow is greater because we find it impossible to oppose such great evil with that salutary efficacy we would desire and that we have the right to use, for you know, venerable brethren, and all the world knows, the state to which we are reduced. On this account, we feel a still greater desire to call upon the Mother of God and to ask for her help. Let all good Italians pray for their misguided brethren, for their common father, the Roman Pontiff, that God, in his infinite mercy, may hear and answer the prayers of a father and his sons. And our most lively and sure hope is placed in the Queen of the Rosary, who has shown herself, since she has been invoked by that title, so ready to help the Church and Christian peoples in their necessities. Already have we recorded these glories and the great triumphs won over the Albigenses and other powerful enemies, glories and triumphs which have not only profited the Church, afflicted and persecuted, but also the temporal welfare of peoples and nations. Why in this hour of need should we not behold again such marvels of the power and goodness of the August Virgin for the good of the Church and its head, and of the whole Christian world, if the faithful only revive on their part the magnificent examples of piety given by their forefathers under similar circumstances, and to make this most powerful queen more and more propitious, we would honor her more and more in the invocation of the rosary and increase this devotion, and to this end, we have made a double of the second class for all the church of the Feast of the Rosary. 
And for the same purpose, we ardently desire the Catholics of Italy, with lively faith, especially during this month of October, to invoke this august virgin and to do loving violence to her mother's heart and to pray to her for the triumph of the Church and the Apostolic See for the liberty of the Vicar of Jesus Christ on earth and for peace and public prosperity. And since the effects of such prayers will be proportionate to the dispositions of those offering them, we ardently exhort you, venerable brethren, to devote all your care and zeal to kindle among those committed to your charge a strong, living, and active faith, and to call on all to return by penance to grace and to the faithful fulfillment of all their duties. Among such duties, considering the state of the times, must be reckoned as paramount an open and sincere profession of faith and teaching of Jesus Christ, casting aside all human respect and considering before all things the interest of religion and of the salvation of souls. It cannot be concealed that although thanks to the mercy of God, religious feeling is strong and widely spread among Italians, nevertheless, by the evil influence of men and the times, religious indifference is on the increase, and hence there is a lessening of that respect and filial love for the Church, which was the glory of our ancestors, and in which they placed their highest ambition. Let it be your work, venerable brethren, to revive this Christian feeling among your people, an interest in the Catholic cause, a confidence in Our Lady's help, and a spirit of prayer. It is certain that the August Queen, invoked thus well by her many sons, would deign to hear their prayer, console us in our sorrow, and crown our efforts for the Church and for Italy by granting better times to both. With these desires, we bestow on you, venerable brethren, and the clergy, and people committed to your care, the apostolic benediction as a promise of graces and favors of the highest kind from heaven. Given at the Vatican this 20th day of September, 1887. Leo XIII. I want to thank you again for joining me this week. This is episode 76. You know, when I picked up podcasting again this summer, I was thoroughly committed to staying with it and making this happen, but I still find it hard to believe that we've done 25 episodes since the summer. And yet, you know what? It's not so hard to believe for... God's grace is enough, and he provides the means, always, if we but just take the first step. Also, we just crossed over 300,000 downloads this past week, so a big thank you to all of you, especially those of you who are praying the rosary and listening daily. Now, the links for the daily rosary are going to be in the show notes, so please share this podcast with your family and friends, as well as at your parish. Remember the words of Pope St. Pius X. He said, quote, if there were one million families praying the rosary every day, the entire world would be saved. End quote. Now, if you are enjoying these podcasts, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this. It's the easiest free way to support the podcast. 
Now, if you are in a financial position to support the podcast and would like to do so, please visit us at our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash the Latin Prayer Podcast. I want to thank our newest patron, Bella Moore, and as well all of our existing patrons, without whom I would not be able to bring you these episodes every week. May God bless and reward you greatly for your kindness and your generosity. And as we always do on this podcast, I would like to pray for our patrons, uh, specifically for them, their families, and their intentions. Now, there is a specific intention from one of our patrons, Roxanne Smith. I'm sure she's not the only one. There are many of us who are bearing great burdens at the moment at the hand of our superiors in the church with the restrictions of the traditional Latin Mass. And so I would like to pray for this special intention that these restrictions may be lifted so that we might glorify God with our worship and our life. So please join me. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater noster, qui es in celis sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum fiat voluntas tua, sicut in cielo et in terra. Panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis hodie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et nenos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos a malo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tui Iesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostrae. Amen. Gloria Patri et Filio et Spiritui Sancto, sicut erat in principio et nunc et semper, et in secula seculorum. Amen. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. So until our next episode, may God love you, and Our Lady keep you close to her Immaculate Heart, and lead you into the abode of the Sacred Heart of her Son, our Lord Jesus Christ.